Hi there, and welcome to SciCare, the podcast where we talk about science, self-care, and all things wellness. I'm Robin Laird, your host, and as usual, I hope I'm joining you on a walk right now. If not, I hope you get a chance to move outside at some point soon. Today, we're going to be talking about protein, and more specifically, the protein dilemma. Let me explain what I mean. Since the Atkins diet era, and perhaps before, protein has been heralded as the macronutrient golden child. Unlike fat, it's only 4 calories per gram, and unlike carbs, it's relatively easy on our blood sugar and makes us feel fuller for longer. We hear things like, if you want to lose weight, eat protein, or if you want to gain muscle, eat protein. And though these points all have merit, there's a problem that's often completely ignored. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you've followed my content for a while, you'll know how much I love protein. I always make sure to include a substantial protein source at every meal, and my breakfast usually involves some collagen supplementation. But like everything in health, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. Before we get into the details, I do want to make a quick disclaimer. This video is intended as educational entertainment and not as a replacement for medical advice from your doctor. So if you're still growing or you've just had surgery, protein should be a really important part of your diet and you should certainly follow the instructions from your physician. Now that we got that out of the way, let's get back to the protein dilemma. When we talk about all the benefits of a high-protein diet, like weight loss and muscle mass increase, we're really looking at a micro-scale of our lives. Week to week, our body is changing, and it's changing for the better. But what happens when we zoom out and look at the macro-scale of our lifespan? Well, then the protein story changes a bit. Numerous studies and meta-analyses have concluded that high-protein diets are actually linked to shorter lifespans. Yes, I repeat, shorter lifespans. Why might this be? Well, one theory has to do with a gene and associated protein called mTOR. mTOR helps our cells grow and it responds to the food that we eat. It senses when we've eaten a lot of calories, especially protein, and it puts our body in a state of growth and repair. It does this in a dose-dependent manner, meaning that the bigger our post-workout protein shake, the greater our mTOR activity will be. So this sounds good, right? More growth, more repair. Well, it turns out that mTOR, like everything in health, is a double-edged sword. Though we need mTOR to function and be healthy, high mTOR activity is associated to increased risks of chronic diseases like cancer and diabetes and neurodegenerative diseases. It's also linked to a shorter lifespan, and this is where the connection comes in with eating high-protein diets. This is also probably one of the reasons biohacking bros love fasting so much. because fasting reduces the activity of this gene and associated protein and purportedly extends lifespan. Now, I don't want this mTOR information to freak you out or send you into a three-day fast or cause you to stop eating protein. I will literally go eat a delicious, healthy meal after this recording with plenty of protein, so please don't worry about that. The point I actually want to make is similar to the point of much of my other content. 
and that is that balance and variety are key to healthy living and the extreme health hacks that may help us lose weight or build muscle on the short term can actually affect our bodies differently and even negatively on the long term. And I'm using protein as an example today because I think protein is often marketed as extremely healthy and there's not really much of a discussion of how eating too much protein can actually be detrimental to our bodies in the long run. It's really important to remember that there's no silver bullet to taking care of your body. Protein is not the answer. Kale is not the answer. It's about living holistically rather than living off of any one specific ingredient or any one specific protein bar. I personally really appreciate the satiety and the blood sugar balancing benefits that protein offers, but there are many ways to get these same benefits without going overboard on protein. For example, eating plenty of fat and fiber at each of our meals is going to make us feel full just like we do when we're eating high protein foods. Similarly, drinking enough water is also gonna help us feel full and energized just like we do when we're eating high protein foods. One could consider intermittent fasting or protein cycling to allow for larger windows of time when our mTOR activity is low. I do wanna caution female viewers specifically from taking intermittent fasting too, too seriously because extensive fasting can have a negative effect on female hormones. This is really a separate topic, but protein cycling may be an easier solution where you can have breakfast that's more focused on fat and water and fiber like an avocado smoothie and reserve a bigger protein portion for later in the day. But this is actually getting way too much into the nitty gritty. The point of this video is not to necessarily adjust how much protein you eat each day, but it's just to make you aware of the double-edged sword that pervades most quote-unquote healthy things. Too much of a good thing can become a bad thing. Eating only salads at every meal can irritate your digestive lining. Drinking only fresh pressed juices can actually increase your risk of insulin resistance or cavities. Eating a ton of meat will greatly increase your risk for colon cancer. So ideally our diets are balanced and varied. Any diet that focuses on only one macronutrient is not going to be healthy in the grand scheme of our lives. Yes, low-fat, high-carb, or keto, which is low-carb, high-fat, can both help you lose weight in the short term, but barring any specific medical issues that require these diets, they're not a balanced or healthy long-term solution. One simple way to make sure you're not overdoing anything too much is to focus on whole foods. Yes, I know it's so simple and so cliche, but whole foods are inherently more balanced than processed foods because they include mixtures of protein, carbs, and fat, and also include water and fiber and enzymes and other phytonutrients that are really good for us. For example, eating edamame is going to be received differently by your body than a processed protein bar made with soy protein isolate. Even if both have the exact same total quantity of soy protein, they come in very different packages and that changes how our body receives that protein. So that's just something to think about. Anyways, I'm gonna go eat a delicious whole foods meal now. It will include protein along with fat and fiber and carbs. Let me know what your favorite protein sources are and you can follow similar content on Instagram at science.of.selfcare. Stay positive, stay healthy, and until next time, friends.